Nobody asked you, Kevin! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. It's to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Hello and welcome to Nobody Asked You Kevin. It's mid-February and the weather here in central Indiana still sucks. I wouldn't advise coming here anytime soon. If you can't tell from my voice, I've been under the weather a little bit. Um, I've been a little ill. Um, and it's all because of this damn weather. Um, it snowed and iced overnight. I've um, basically lived in the Midwest my entire life. And I really don't know why. Um, I, I, I hate weather that hurts my face when I'm outside and this really hurts my face I hate this weather but oh well I mean it'll be spring soon enough I mean and then summer and I'm sure I'll be bitching about it being 95 degrees and sunny outside so we've got that uh, but today on today's episode got a few things to talk about the numbers all go to 11 So since the last episode, I've seen a few more live concerts, a few more live bands that I've never seen before. Um, the first show that I went to was Dorothy's Freedom Tour. Um, the The opening band was uh, a band called Spirit Animal, and I didn't know what to expect. I'd never heard of them before, never heard any of their music, and it turns out they were nothing like I expected. Um, first, a little bit about them. Spirit Animal is an American rock, punk, pop, and funk band. So yeah, a little bit different. Um, they're from Brooklyn, New York. Um, so again, a little bit different from the get-go right there with being a rock, pop, and funk band. Um, the band consists of Steve Cooper on vocals, Cal Stamp on lead guitar, Paul Michelle on bass guitar, and Ronan Evron on drums. So they're a four-piece band. I could make them all scream my name. One, two, three, wish I was you, not me, cause then I might not be freaking out. You put a bird in space, photoshop in space, you're the master race. Yeah, 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 make us yesterday, Bangladesh today, always on the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give them all the rays, give them Marvin Gaye, give them Michael Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You put a man in space. 
they have released three EPs and um, two full studio albums since 2010. And again, I had never heard of these guys. Um, their EPs are named This Is A Test, um, Kingdom Phylum, and World War IV, uh, with that one being from 2016. And their first, I mean, their two full studio albums were The Cost of Living in 2010, and then Born Yesterday that was released last year in 2018. The band themselves, I didn't know this, but they've opened for The Struts, um, and I did see The Struts last year uh, when The Struts opened for The Foo Fighters, and they're a great band to watch. They're a lot, I mean, a lot of fun live. So um, if you do get a chance to see The Struts, go see them. Um, they've opened for Incubus, Fits in the Tantrums, and just saw that Fits and the Tantrums will be here in Indy this year as well. So I'll think about going with going to that one. Um, uh, Spirit Animals opened for A Theory of a Dead Man, White Reaper, and Red Sun Rising. And I've heard a lot of Red Sun Rising lately, especially on SiriusXM's Octane channel. So I'm kind of wanting to see them in the future. Uh, but I've read about Spirit Animal, and they've been compared to the Talking Heads, um, Faith No More, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I could see a lot of that in them a little bit. I don't really know who to personally compare them to. Um, they're such a fun band, though, such live band. I mean, I was very, very impressed by their the, their stage presence, essentially. Uh, the show was full of energy, and again, I didn't know any of their music prior to the performance. One song that stood out to me was called House on Fire. So let's give a, a part of the live experience a listen here.
I'd definitely go see Spirit Animal again. It was a very fun show and some really damn catchy tunes. But the headlining band was Dorothy. And Dorothy was why I actually bought the show ticket. Um, Dorothy is an American hard rock and blues rock band. Um, they formed in 2014. It's a relatively new band out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, band members are Dorothy Martin on vocals, Owen Berry and Eli Wolfmeyer on guitar, Elliot Larango on bass guitar, and Jason Ganberg on drums. I know they've gone, on, gone through some um, changes throughout the last four or five years um, with uh, band, band members, but that's the current lineup. Uh, the band has uh, re- uh, released one EP and two full studio albums. Uh, their first album was called Dorothy, which was a EP released in December 14. And then they released a full-length album called Rock is Dead in June of 2016. And they actually toured with Hailstorm in support of that album in, in 16 to 17. Um, they also released a their last album called 28 Days in the Valley, March 2018, and they're again they're currently touring with Spirit Animal for this album. So this is what this tour was. Um, I was actually introduced to Dorothy in 2015 uh, via a YouTube video for Jam in the Van at South by Southwest um, out of Austin, Texas. Um, Dorothy had actually performed two songs for Jam in the Van. The first song was a cover of Kanye West and Jay-Z's collaboration, No Church in the Wild. Um, The second song was a a Dorothy original song called After Midnight. So here's here's a bit of their performance from that Jam of the Van, Jam in the Van performance from that was on YouTube of No Church in the Wild.
That's a pretty wicked cool version of that song. I mean, it's pure rock and roll. And Dorothy Martin's voice is just, just tremendous. I mean, it is rock and roll in your face. And the show itself was pretty damn awesome as well. Rock, guitars, blues, and then again, Dorothy Martin's voice. Um, so here's a clip of one of my favorite parts of the show the other night. Mainly because it shows Dorothy Martin's vocals, her capabilities, and that... Rock and roll itself can be quite messy. I mean, it's raw, mistakes are made, and, and here's just a good clip, which I actually loved a lot.
So Dorothy's set list consist of, consisted of 13 songs. Here's a bit of Ain't Our Time to Die off the newest album, 28 Days in the Valley, but live. So again, I'm giving you another clip of the live concert. That's just great. I mean, that's just such a great song. Great live band. Um, if you've ever thought about seeing Dorothy, and don't think twice about it, just buy the ticket. You won't regret it at all. And if if, if you do regret it, um, I'll say my bad. I'm sorry. But you will not regret it. I, I'm telling you right now, go buy the damn ticket. Um, and really, just made an announcement the other day that Dorothy is actually touring this summer as an opening band for... Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, and Chevelle. So they're passing through Indy here, so I'm going to have to probably go see that show as well. We also went to um, Cincinnati, Ohio, and saw the SiriusXM Octane Accelerator Tour um, this past week um, with the bands Afterlife, Royal Tusk, and then the headliner was Like a Storm. Afterlife was great. I'm not too much into their music, so I won't say a lot about them. But they're a good rock band. Um, they infuse a lot of rap into their music as well. I um, won't say a lot about them. But Royal Tusk is is a band that I've heard a lot about lately. And they're a Canadian hard rock band from the great province of Alberta, Canada. Um, they formed uh, a little while back, about, I think it was 2011. They've released one EP and two full studio albums with the last album that they released called Tusk 2 last year in 2018. Um, I first heard these guys, on, again, 
satellite radio, Octane channel. You should be listening to Octane if you get the chance because you can find a lot of good music on Octane. Uh, but Royal Tusk's most well-known song probably is Aftermath, uh, which was, again was released off their last album in, in 18. Uh, and during the show, these guys just blew me away. They are a tremendous rock band with good stage presence again. In, in, a, in a very simple stage setup, which I love. I mean, I love the 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 complex and stage theatrics, but then it's just it's really badass sometimes when a band can get up on stage and with just maybe a banner and just get their drum kit and guitars and just rock the hell out for an hour or so. I mean, and this was no different. I mean, all Royal Tusk stage setup was was a yellow banner with the band's name in red color, and then. Um, that's it. I mean, it was just a pretty simple stage setup. And But one cool thing during the show, which I, I do want to mention before we move on, um, was that something that very surprised me, because I didn't know much about Royal Tusk at all, but they actually covered an Audio Slave song um, during their concert. Um, they, uh, they covered Cochise, and it was a pretty badass cover. And uh, me being a big Audio Slave fan, um, it caught me off guard. And I loved it a lot. So here's an excerpt of their song, Aftermath. Headlining band Like a Storm um, is is a hard rock band which hails from New Zealand, um, so they're Kiwi. The band consists of three brothers: Chris, Matt, and Kent Brooks, and then the additional Zach Wood. Um, they have re- released uh, two EPs, one live album, and three studio albums. So they've re- they've released a lot of a lot of material. Um, with their last album studio album called catacombs from 2018 but one th- if, you, if you don't know what about like a storm um and a lot of um new england kiwi music um like a storm kind of incorporates the use of the didgeridoo in rock music um so lead singer chris brooks he'll play the didgeridoo in various songs um and as an example He'll play, he plays the didgeridoo in this song called Love the Way You Hate Me, and I'm going to play a little excerpt right now. Love the way you hate me. 
So in case you didn't know what a didgeridoo was or is, I mean, it's a wind instrument created by indigenous Australians. Um, sometimes it's um, uh, described as a natural wooden trumpet or a drone pipe because it makes that droning type noise or sound. Um, modern didgeridoos are, are typically cylindrical or conical. They're typically either three feet to 10 feet in length. Um, with most of them being around four to five feet in length. The longer the instrument's length, the lower its pitch or key will be. Um, but however, you can have some flared versions of the didgeridoo that will play a higher pitch than unflared versions of the same length. So there is some variation between the instruments. But um, I have posted a couple of pictures from the show uh, on my blog at dosemakespoison.blogspot.com. If you search Dose Makes the Poison blog on Google, you'll find it. I'll link to it in the show notes. So you can see these didgeridoos. And they, they like a storm too, also uses some really fucking cool skeleton-type holders for their didgeridoos. So check that out on the blog if you get a chance, if you want to see them. Um, the only other musicians I can recall relatively recently using didgeridoos in their music are um, Jamiroquai, um, the, the acid jazz and funk band. Um, probably best well known for their mid '90s hit "Virtual Insanity," um, and then I've heard a couple of Kate Bush songs. English musician Kate Bush, um, who has used the didgeridoo in her music as well. So back to "Like a Storm." It turns out that during the show, that two of the guys were actually two of the guys on stage were actually had Type A flu the night before they actually played a show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And one of them couldn't even get out of bed because of the flu. And they played an acoustic set that night. They couldn't play a full electric set because of that. So that night, when we were watching them on stage, two of those guys were rocking out with type A flu. So, I mean, I give them all the damn credit in the world because it's just pure badass to be up there on stage rocking out for your fans uh, with the damn flu. I mean, it's, it's fucking amazing. Um, I couldn't do that. I they, The rock stars. So that kind of ends my talk about rock music, at least live rock music for this episode. Um, I'm going to introduce a segment. It's called Kevin's Rules of Life. I have these rules I live by or try to live by. I mean, we all have rules or mantras or little life quips that we like to say over and over and over. And I just have several of these. So we're going to talk about some of these rules in this podcast episode and other podcast episodes. Um, Today, we're talking about rule four. And yes, I know you should start with rule one, but pretty much I do what I want. and I own this podcast, so deal with it. Uh, Rule four of Kevin's rule of life. It's called wash your fucking hands. How many times do you walk into a public bathroom, use the facilities, and then step to the sink only to see people scurry off without washing their hands um, pretty much way too damn much? 
wash your hands, people. And there are reasons why you should wash your hands. We're taught this from a young age. Wash your goddamn hands. What about fast food service? Wash your hands. If you're touching anything that the public will touch, wash your hands. I mean, for some damn reason, in this state, we're we're in the midst of a hepatitis outbreak here, hepatitis A outbreak here in Indiana, or at least what that that's what the media is reporting, and, and I've seen some data that says we are yes, um, the largest and most widespread hepatitis outbreak in the U.S. occurred last year in 2018. Um, in the great state of Kentucky, right to the south of us here in Indiana. Um, and as of mid-18, because I've only seen numbers up until then, I mean, it was reported that 969 people were affected by this hepatitis A outbreak. 482 of those 969 in Louisville alone, which is only an hour and a half drive down I-65 right from my house. So... Um, Six people have died from this outbreak, hepatitis A outbreak. Um, there have been other major outbreaks in other places throughout the years in California, Michigan, and Utah in 17, Pennsylvania in 2003, China in 1988, where thousands and thousands and thousands of people were affected. But all I know for sure is that every week or two, I see another news story that some fast food restaurant is issuing a warning because customers may or may not have been, been, have ex, been exposed to hepatitis A from a worker who didn't wash their fucking hands. So in case you didn't know what hepatitis A is, here's just a, a good few sentences about it. Um, hepatitis A is an infectious disease of the liver. I mean, it's caused by the hepatitis A virus. It's usually spread by eating food or drinking water that's contaminated with infected feces, infected poop, infected shit. How does this happen? By people not washing their damn hands. There, there is a hepatitis A vaccine, and it is effective for prevention, and it appears to be effective for life. But not everybody has had that vaccine. Typical symptoms, if you, if you think you've been infected with hepatitis A, typical symptoms include... Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, jaundice, fever, abdominal pain, dark-colored urine. Um, usually there's not I mean, severe effects from it, but severe complications can include liver failure because it is attacking your liver. So usual onset of effects are two to six weeks after you actually are infected or exposed. So that's why you typically hear of these stories in the media and the news of we think that there was an instance of this worker exposing people to hepatitis A two to three, four or five weeks after the fact because you hear about it that many weeks after because they haven't exhibited the symptoms until weeks after. So people don't know you have it until weeks after. So again, rule four is called Kevin's rule and Kevin's rule of life is called wash your fucking hands and God damn it, wash your fucking hands, people. This is no joke. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch. And now we move on to um, a segment I'm calling Movies and Shit. This is not a movie review podcast. Um, 
I'm never going to break down a movie or review one in depth. I do see a lot of movies, and I'll recommend some throughout the episodes. Um, There are many other fine, uh, fine, awesome podcasts that break down movies, review movies. Um, uh, One of them is Pop Culture Leftovers. Another one is called Seen It Cast. Um, and I'll link to those um, in the in the show notes. Uh, Supercast, another one. I mean, there's there are a ton of things. I mean, Heroes of Noise and and other podcasts that break down movies, talk about movies, review movies, and other things. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm just basically going to tell you that recently I've saw I've seen two movies. Uh, one called Happy Death Day to You, and another one Alita Battle Angel. So. Um, the first one, Happy Death Day to You. Um, I had a lot of fun in this movie. I'm not going to tell you any spoilers or anything. I absolutely loved the first movie. The Happy Death Day movie that came out a, a year or two ago. Um, which was a comedy slash horror slasher type movie. Loved that one. Completely loved it. Can't say anything bad about it. Um, this second movie is kind of morphed into a sci-fi comedy thriller movie and away from that comedy horror slasher type of movie but i still recommend seeing it i liked it i didn't absolutely love it but i liked it um so it's more than okay if you want to wait for a streaming for it to be streaming somewhere or to watch it from Redbox or rent it from somewhere um more than okay you don't have to see this one in the theaters but Um, definitely check it out if you have the chance, especially if you like the first one, Happy Death Day. Alita Battle Angel is another story. Um, Alita Battle Angel is a beautiful movie from a screen standpoint. Um, I saw this movie the other night on opening night and saw it in IMAX 3D. And I think that's about the only way you should watch this movie. It is made for 3D. It is made for the large screen. Um, there was some stuff wrong with it. I didn't like a, uh, some of the storyline. And the only spoiler I will tell you is that love story in the movie is not needed at all. Rip that love story out of this movie and just get rid of it completely. Put it in the trash, flush it down the toilet, whatever. It is an unneeded love story. But everything else in this movie, Alita Battle Angel, was great. I loved it. I recommend seeing this, and I do recommend seeing it in theaters, basically for the the graphics, for I mean, for everything that's on the screen. I mean, it is a beautiful movie, so go see this movie if you can in the theater, preferably in the biggest screen you can see it, whether it's IMAX or whatever. And if you can see it in 3D, if you can stand 3D movies, because I typically can't stand 3D movies, go see this one. And now we come to the segment called Gratitude, dude. <laughs> This is the segment I'm going to introduce every episode where I show, I mean, I give thanks for something or or whatever it might be. I show gratitude or give thanks because we need more of that in this world. We need more thank yous. We need to let people know that they're doing an awesome job and that we love what they do. And we, we're just thankful that they're around and doing what they do. So, I mean, I'd like to thank a few different people. First, I'd like to thank the guys over at Pop Culture Leftovers. 
because they actually had me on episode 271, 271. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks ago now. I mean, it's been a while. But it was an extremely fun time, and shit got crazy towards the end. So thank you to Brian and Jake for a pretty rad time. It was an honor to be on your show. I mean, everybody, if you want your pop culture news, go check out Pop Culture Leftovers. Thank you very much. Second, I'd like to thank Joe Stark uh, for having me on his podcast a couple weeks ago um, called Starkcast. And that's been the second time I've been on his, um, his podcast. Joe is an extremely easy guy to talk to. And I think our conversation was a good one. I mean, it ranged on topics. I mean, from, I mean, you can go check it out. But, I mean, we talked about living in a small town as a kid and just kind of the, um, talked about American Gladiators and The Rock. And we talked about, um, I don't even remember what you talked about. It was all fucking awesome stuff. We touched on a ton of topics, and I loved it. So, again, Joe Stark's got a podcast called Starkcast where he sits down and talks to people just about anything and everything, and I love it. I had been on there about a year ago, and I was on there again this this couple of weeks ago. So thank you, Joe, for having me on, and everybody should go listen to Starkcast. Third, I'd like to send thanks to um, Scott Schutte. Um, Old Man Shooty for having me on his uh, Tales from the Yard podcast where we griped about the Super Bowl, the halftime show, and Valentine's Day. Everyone should go check out this podcast as well. It's it's a Leftover Army podcast, and go check them out because it's great. And fourth, and not least, definitely not least, I want to thank you. send a thank you to Dan Ramirez and Steve Hudson from the Near- Heroes of Noise podcast for some very, very kind words on a recent episode of theirs about me in the podcast. You guys fucking rock. I love you. You're hilarious. And everyone should go listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, people, seriously, go listen to Pop Culture Leftovers, PCL. Go listen to Starkcast. Go listen to Tales from New Yard. Go listen to Heroes of Noise. They're all fucking amazing people and all amazing podcasts. So go listen. And now we're going to talk a little bit about drugs. I don't know if anybody's been paying attention out to, but CBD or cannabidiol is all over the news, everywhere. It's showing up everywhere. Um, there was a news article in um, that was reported by the Indy Star as well as other local news about a local Indianapolis woman. Um, and I'm going to read some of this story because, I mean, I just need to read it. But it says, a warning if you're using CBD products, you could still fail a drug test for marijuana. This happened to an Indianapolis woman. Basically, she had been using um, CBD oil for a while um, for sciatic nerve pain in her lower back. And I guess it's been helping. I don't know. But um, she says it's helped her to stop taking opioids for her pain. But she had to take a drug test for her temporary job that was an instant drug test. And she failed due to it popping positive for THC or marijuana. And she was like, I've never used marijuana. And they were like, you're used, you, you've you used marijuana. And she is saying that it's the CBD oil that is that has caused her to test positive for marijuana or marijuana metabolites in her urine. 
And this can happen. So let, let's break it down just a little bit here, okay, uh, of what this is. So just a little bit of background. Don't want to get too complex on the CBD because CBD is, I mean, it's a hot topic and the thing. You can look all this up on the, the internet if you want to know how it actually works or whatever. But CBD is a, is a cannabinoid. It's called a phytocannabinoid first isolated from the cannabis plant in, I believe it was 1940. And it is somewhere around, it's, a, it's around one of, I think, 113 cannabinoid compounds that are found in the marijuana plant, cannabis plant. Um, CBD itself, and I'm going to say, instead of cannabidiol, I'm going to say CBD as a short. But CBD has a very low affinity for those cannabinoid receptors in your body, both cannabinoid receptors 1 and 2 in the human body. Um, uh, something like THC or tetrahydrocannabinol, the main psychoactive component of cannabis or marijuana that binds to the CB1 receptors and produces that psychoactivity or that high that you're feeling um, uh, when you smoke marijuana, vape marijuana, vape, whatever you're doing, whatever if you're using a THC substance, um, it's the THC that is binding to the cannabinoid receptors and causing the psychoactive effect. Well, CBD has very low affinity for these cannabinoid receptors, and it actually has, I mean, it doesn't have any sort of psychoactive effect. There are many, I mean, there are studies about how CBD works. I mean, it's said to be, listing things, it's said to be an indirect antagonist to the CB receptors. It's said that it, CBD may potentiate the effects of THC by increasing CB1 receptor density or through another related mechanism. Um, CBD is found to be an antagonist of, or of a G-protein-coupled receptor called GPR55, or an inverse agonist of GPR3, GPR6, GPR12. Uh, that's just different things of how it works. Um, it's also been reported to act as a serotonin receptor partial agonist, um, so a 5-HT1A receptor agonist. Um, but uh, there are many, many pathways and mechanisms through which it's been theorized that CBD works. But through all of these potential mechanisms, um, uh, basically CBD has the potential, and I'm going to say potential because nothing has been proven outside of a very specific disease state, but the potential to act as an antidepressant, antipsychotic, and anxiolytic or an anti-anxiety drug. Um, again, CBD is not psychoactive does not produce a high or psychoactive effect that THC does. Um, it's metabolized by liver enzymes, much like, I mean, any other compound is, the cytochrome P450 enzymes, 2C19, 3A4, also UGT1A7, and some other enzymes. Um, but the important thing is to know is that it doesn't produce a psychoactive effect, uh, much like THC does. In the United States, um, non-FDA-approved CBD products are actually classified as Schedule One drugs under the Controlled Substance Act. So non-FDA-approved CBD products are in the same class as something like LSD or MDMA or heroin or anything like that. Um, production, distribution, possession of those non-FDA-approved products is illegal under federal law. So just be careful if you do possess these or possess large amounts because it still is illegal under federal law. 
I mean, in, last year, 2018, the FDA, US FDA, approved a very specific form of CBD, um, uh, but it's for the treatment of certain types of childhood epilepsy. Um, it was made a Schedule 5 drug, which allowed for it to be used as a prescription medication. I believe that 16 states or so, and I could be wrong, I probably am wrong, um, have passed laws that allow for the use of CBD products with a doctor's recommendation, and not prescription, but recommendation, for treatment of certain medical conditions with the CBD product. And I think, again, I think, could be wrong, but CBD is legal in some form at the state level in all 50 states in the United States. If I'm wrong, someone please let me know. But again, I think I said earlier, CBD is showing up everywhere. It's become a fad or a flavor of the month. It's now appearing in food and beverage products. There's CBD-infused coffees and teas and energy drinks. Um, I even think I, I mean, there's CBD shampoos, CBD, and I, I saw this the other day, and I kind of commented on it. I, I saw a CBD-infused hummus the other day, food. I mean, we've gone overboard with CBD everywhere. I mean, it has become a fad. So, but back to, that's what CBD is. Back to the failed drug test. And yes, long story short, you can fail a drug test for marijuana by using CBD products. And this can happen two different ways. So I'm going to break it down here. Um, number one, because of how it is made or certain versions of how it's made and how it's extracted, um, many CBD containing products do contain low levels or what we like to call trace levels of THC. So for example, it's legal to sell in Indiana, in the state that I'm in, CBD products have to contain less than 0.3% THC. So your CBD product in this state of Indiana that you can legally purchase and possess and use may contain detectable levels of THC. And through the continued use of these products that contain detectable THC, you can easily have detectable levels of THC metabolite in your urine from your CBD product. Depending on the cutoff level or what we call sensitivity of the test, it may give a positive result for THC. It may give a positive confirmed result for THC because it is THC in that product, in those products that build up over time. As you use them day in and day out for long periods of time, you can have THC metabolite build up in your urine to a point where it gives a positive result for THC metabolites in your urine. So yes, that's number one. Number two, and in this case, um, the, of the, the headline that I read and the few sentences of that story I read, it was an instant test. So we need to talk about, just for a second, an instant test and what I called a confirmed test just a few seconds ago. Um, when you submit to a urine drug test, um, it's typically like a, an instant cup or a dipstick type device test. And that's what we call uh, kind of like an instant test or an amino assay type test. It functions off 
a uh, a principle that basically um, there are antibodies that can recognize and bind to a drug of interest. Um, the, the antibodies themselves or the 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 receptors are designed to be highly selective, meaning they preferentially bind to that drug of interest. But in the absence of that drug of interest, um, the preferential binding does not eliminate the possibility of binding to other drugs that are very similar in chemical characteristics or structure. So take this, take this example right here. She was using a product that for example, if she was using a product that was certified to be 0.0% THC, contained no THC, she submitted to a urine drug test that was an instant test that functioned as, I mean, it was a dipstick, um, where there was the possibility, because of the nature of the test, that cannabidiol metabolites or cannabidiol itself, which is in her urine because she is using it, Will, could bind and lead to a positive presumptive result. These instant tests, these dipsticks and point of care and instant cups, they're meant to be a presumptive test. They are meant to be a screening test. They tell you if the drug potentially is there or if it is not there. It's not telling you that the drug is 100% there. It's not a confirmed result. So um, in these instances where you have a, the drug of interest is not present or the metabolite or substance is not present and you have something else that's binding to that and causing that presumptive result to be positive, this is what we call to a, call as a false positive. Unfortunately, it's not possible to design an antibody that binds to a single drug exclusively. You will have um, additional false positives all over the place. And this can be seen really well with a, like a, um, an instant test or a laboratory immunoassay screening test for amphetamines. Um, amphetamines is probably the best one you can do because um, it... Typically, your target compound is either methamphetamine or amphetamine, but all of the other stimulants, things like bupropion, which is an anti an antidepressant, but it's a it shares chemical characteristics, chemical structure with amphetamine and methamphetamine. Pseudoephedrine, um, so over the counter cold med cold medications um, I, that contain pseudoephedrine, the weight loss drug phentermine. Over-the-counter phenylephrine that has replaced pseudoephedrine in many things. Those things can cross-react because they are very similar in chemical structure to amphetamine and methamphetamine and cause a, cause a false positive result. Um, many other drugs for amphetamines can do this as well. Um, things like um, chlorpromazine, which is an antipsychotic, dizipramine, which is an antidepressant, um, ranitidine, so over-the-counter heartburn medication, ranitidine, so Zantac, that can cross-react with an amphetamine, immunoassay, or screening test and cause a false positive for amphetamines. So this is why, in any case, you should be using, if you have a, fall, if you have a positive presumptive test, you confirm that test by an alternate, more specific method, typically thought of as um, a a laboratory confirmation test 
that either utilizes gas chromatography with mass spectrometry or liquid chromatography with mass spectrometry. Um, these days, most labs will use liquid chromatography of mass, mass spectrometry, or LCMS, um, but either is just fine. Um, and that can confirmation test will then give you, uh, essentially provide what's it effectively called a fingerprint, a chemical fingerprint pattern that's unique for that drug. So in this case, again, getting back to that specific case, if she, if she used that TH, certified THC-free cannabinoid diol CBD oil, um, if it was THC-free, and she submitted to a urine drug test, urine drug screen, and it was positive, there very much could that CBD is very similar in chemical structure to, to tetrahydrocannabinol, THC. Very similar if you look at chemical structure. And I know not everybody's a chemist who's looking at this, but just believe me, very, very similar in chemical structure. Um, this is what I do for a living, and I'll tell you, this is it's very true. Um, I, if it was positive, presumptive positive on that test, she should then say, I want a con confirmation test completed. Because if you, if you went to that confirmation test... And if she truly did not use THC and that product contained, truly did not contain THC, then that confirmation test would be negative for THC metabolite. So it's, it's kind of a, there's two little avenues you can go, out, go off from here. You have the first one where it did contain, that product would, did contain detectable levels of THC. So that makes sense from a rational standpoint that, yes, if I'm consuming a product day in and day out that contains detectable levels of THC, it will end up in your urine and be detected by a test. And then there's the other side of it is the, you, you're using a product that contains no detectable THC, but it is causing a false positive on a screening presumptive test. It's meant to tell you it's there or it's not. It's not, it's not a confirmed test. Um, and then it would go to a confirmation if, if presumptively positive. And then if it was truly not there, it would be negative on that confirmation. So again, this is why things should always be confirmed, especially like drug tests. You do not make any medical or legal decisions on a drug test that is a presumptive drug test. Um, not at all. You should not do that. And if you do that, and you are in the field, I, I, that be, should be considered negligence. Um, so again, and I can ramble on about this stuff all day, but be very, very careful when you're using CBD oils, especially if you have to submit to urine drug tests for your job or whatever's going on in your life. If you have to submit to a urine drug test, be very, very careful when using CBD products. Um, whether it's because they do contain THC, and that could put your job in jeopardy because if you had if you tested positive for THC in your urine, even though you've never smoked marijuana in your life or vaped or anything in your life, you could still return a positive result. Or be kind of streetwise enough to know that the the presumptive tests aren't a hundred percent. That you need to have a confirmed result, especially if you're using a zero percent THC. And to show that that is a false positive and not 
a true positive. So again, if you have to submit to urine drug tests, be very, very careful when using CBD products. Yep, on a daily basis, I consume enough drugs to sedate Manhattan, Long Island, and Queens for a month. Okay, Mr. Jordan. I take Quaaludes 10 to 15 times a day for my back pain, Adderall to stay focused. Xanax to take the edge off, pot to mellow me out, cocaine to wake me back up again, and morphine well, because it's awesome. Morning, make them. So folks, this is a new segment on the podcast that I'm calling Somebody Had to Ask. Basically, it's where I ask a guest questions that range from serious to just downright ridiculous and stupid. So far, I have a, a list of about 200 questions that I've come up with, pulled together, uh, you found on the internet, come up with on my, my own. Um, but the number of questions I'll ask is going to be pretty limited, between 5 and 15 typically in the segment. And it'll depend upon the answers given and that sort of stuff. So um, there are no yes or no questions, no yes or no answers allowed. You have to elaborate on your answer. Um, guests will not hear or see the questions ahead of time, so there is no preparation. It's all right off the top of your head. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest show on earth. Tonight is the very first time we're doing this. And I have the awesome Rebecca Daling on the podcast. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm glad you are here. Um, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Kevin. Thanks for. I didn't realize this was the first uh, first time you're doing this. Thank you so much for this honor. Yes, the very first time. I uh, hope to continue to do this throughout every single episode that we do, and maybe even incorporate. I mean, just solo episodes of, of this sort of thing, but. Um, yeah, you're the very first person that'll be on this sort of segment, so should be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Like, why not? I can answer some random questions, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So we'll, we'll jump right into this and um, just tell tell the audience who you are. I mean, a lot of us know who you are, but uh, tell the audience who you are, what you do, what you like to do in life. Okay. Well, uh, I live in New York City. Lived, uh, born and raised here my whole life. Uh, I have a very boring nine to five office job. Uh, but when I'm not working, I enjoy long walks on the beach, and <laughs> which I do actually. But um, I can only do that like two months out of the year here in New York. Otherwise, it's freaking cold. Um, but yeah, I am a, I am a pop culture junkie, man. I love all things pop culture. Uh, right now, uh, probably my biggest. Uh, fandoms I'm into. I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. Um, I am a big comic book fan. I love to read comics, both Marvel, DC, uh, plus like the smaller companies. Um, although Image is not like a small comic book company, but uh, I read Image and Vault Comics and Valiant and Scout and uh, all the other stuff. Um, my, uh, my, my first love, though, is 
has been and always will be Star Trek. I am a huge Star Trek <laughs> fan over Star Wars. I know, oh. I know. But, you know, I still love Star Wars. I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater, I would like to add. Um, <laughs> even even the originals, when they re-released them, I went to the theater to go see them. So don't at me, Star Wars people. Um, <laughs> and let's see, what else? I, I don't know. I, I like to travel. I have a dog named Clark. He's a beagle, and he likes to bark at everybody. Um, and he uh, he's he's like the love of my life, uh, my my little Clark Bar. <laughs> and um, oh, such gosh, a good name. Yeah, we, we we call him all kinds of things: Clark Bar, uh, Clarkosaurus Rex. Um, my <laughs> my personal favorite though is Clarky Clark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, we call man. him that, but only on special <laughs> occasions. Um, Let's see. Um, I guess uh, when I was a kid, though, I was really into New Kids on the Block. As far as music goes, that was my boy band when I was a teenager growing up. And I guess that's it, man. I love movies. I love TV shows. Um, yeah, and I'm all about uh, I'm all about talking about all them too, as well. Your listeners probably know, but yeah, I uh, that that that's me. That's Rebecca in a nutshell. Hey, that's perfect because <laughs> what you just said, kind of the last part of that, kind of leads right into the first question that I have. Okay. Um, and I, like I said, I there's I have a list of about 200 questions, and these are all randomized, so it, it's I just threw 10 to 15 questions on here. Um, number one, what is your favorite music genre? And leading up to that, your favorite band or musician of all time? Oh jeez! And you have to pick. Well, you have to pick somebody. You can't just sure. say. Sure. Uh, okay. So I'm not like a big music person. So, like, I don't really know a lot about the current stuff that's out because I'm just not. I'm not. I'm a loser when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, I would say if I had to pick a favorite genre, it's probably '90s pop. Um, that's what I listened to in my teenage years. And my favorite band within that genre. Oh man. I can't even, I can't even really pick new kids cause they were more eighties. So man, nineties pop. Um, Jesus. Let me think about this for just one second. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, can yeah. I, can I curse on here? I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah, okay. you can curse all you want. <laughs> okay. All you want, because that'll Sorry. lead up to a later question, I'm sure. Okay, but. okay, cool. I, I can control it if I have to, um, <laughs> but I, I can curse like a sailor, too, so. <laughs> I mean, talking late late 90s pop, I mean, were you a Backstreet Boys person? Or you know, yeah, I, I, would, I would say it would be in sync because um, I was never a Backstreet Boys fan per se. Like, they were okay. But I was more of a fan of, like, NSYNC and, like, their harmonizing that they would do. And they also had kind of, like, a uh, like a little bit more of an R&B sound sometimes. So I'm going to go with NSYNC final answer, Alex. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am a when, – when you're talking NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, I am 100% NSYNC. That's the right answer. Uh, that is the correct <laughs> answer right there. So that's great. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll go on to number two. This is kind of a, a philosophical question. 
if you found $100 on the ground outside, what would you do with it? Hmm. Just like anywhere outside, not in front of a particular place? No, anywhere outside. Um... Okay, I'm being perfectly honest here. I would pick it up and I would scan the block to see if I saw anybody looking like they lost money. Like if I saw somebody looking through their their bag or their wallet or checking all their pockets, I would go up to them and say, "Hey, did you did you drop some money?" And they were, "Yeah, yeah, I just dropped like a hundred bucks." Oh, here you go. And I would give it to them. I would give it to them, hoping that they would be truthful and saying that they, you know, if however. I reasonably looked and could not find anybody that looked like they lost money. I'd take that hundred bucks and I don't know. I'd put it to something fun. Like I, maybe I'd put it towards travel or um, maybe I just stick it in the bank, um, which is not very fun to do. I try to do something fun with it. Like I, like maybe I'd go to the movies like, and get myself the, the large popcorn instead of sneaking <laughs> in snacks. And <laughs> yeah, I think I'd do something fun with it. Are, are you one of those people that sneak in snacks? Dude, I am an expert. At, <laughs> I can sneak in snacks to pretty much anywhere. Yeah, like I, I, found I, I do the same thing. So I do the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, I hate to say it, like, I, I'm happy to pay my, 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 my movie ticket and all that, but man, it's like 15 bucks for popcorn and a soda? F that noise, I will bring my own snacks, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah and when you're paying $8.50 or whatever for a large drink, and another 8 or $9 for a large popcorn, and six or seven dollars for some sort of candy that should cost really like two or three dollars outside of the theater yeah um, it, it's robbery so uh, Here, here's what you do you go to to like uh your your local rite aid or cvs or or walgreens yes, or whatever yes. right now they've got those boxes of candy usually rite aid will have them like um a dollar a piece um when they're on sale like I, this yeah. is so boring, but like the, those boxes of candy, right? So I'll pick up a couple of boxes, and then what you do is you get yourself like you know popcorn, like that's you know whatever brand you like, whatever's on sale, whatever. You do the Ziploc baggy thing. You stick it in your purse, like in the corner. <laughs> like you may have to lay a scarf over it, like to hide it. But dude, and, and you get you bring your own soda in there too, and I I, I have done it many times. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the one thing I have never done, taking my own like pop or anything in there where um I because every once in a while you hear someone like the little like the tab pop open on like a can of soda or something, mm-hmm. and I've never really done that in theater. But I I mean pretty religiously we we bring in candy and that sort of thing. And you're right, yeah. you go to like the Walgreens or wherever. Those little boxes of candy—they're a dollar, dollar fifty a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot. Of, it's the same candy they're selling in the theater for five or six bucks, and you're getting it for a dollar fifty, two bucks at Walgreens or wherever your choice of um, candy shopping is, and you I mean you save some money that way. So I'm right there with you on that one. Um, number three. What, and this goes back to your question about cursing, what is your favorite curse word or insult to use? And it can be any anything, Ooh. anything. Okay, it really depends. Um, so if it's like, if it's like, 
if it's a, a guy, a man who is just the biggest uh, mansplainer, misogynist, anti-feminism, wants to call me a female and not a woman. I mean, he's a cunt face. He just is. (laughs) He is a cunt face. My other um, favorite one I like to use is like douche canoe or, um, you know, fuck face is a good one. Ass wipe. Um, Yeah, those are all good. But, you know, cunt face. But I, I only pull that out for certain certain people. Yeah, that, oh, that's, and that's and like pet, like pedophiles and rapists get that too. Like, yeah, like that's um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I use douche canoe a lot. Um, along it's with very, uh, it's very therapeutic. Yeah, it is douche canoe. Um, I use tool bag a lot. Mm, um, good one. Calling people tools. Um, and just uh, what else do I use? I don't use shoot. I'm really just call people. I mean, a lot of times just dumbasses, and but but for me, I think I think douche canoe is, is like the perfect word or ass clown. I love maybe. it. Oh, it's a good one too. Fuckwad, like that one too. Fuckwad's good. Um, uh, I like your fuck face though. That's a, that's a good one. I think yeah, that's fuck a face is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. there's just so many insults out there that I mean, I I have a friend who will probably come on this episode or on this podcast eventually but he is the best when it comes to comes to insults and swear words i mean he is the best and i can't wait to hear what he says too but um i think like um like twat waffle is one of his favorites oh what a good one <laughs> oh that's a good one <laughs> it's it just i mean it shows really how creative you are when you can come up with some of the stuff and uh but but I'm 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 on the I'm on the douche canoe avenue right there. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So so we we've, we've got our favorite curse words and insults down. Um, this is kind of another oddball question. If you could set up a huge banner anywhere you wanted, where would you put it, and what would you say on it? What would you put on it? Like, oh wow. Um... Yes. Anywhere you wanted, where would you put it, and what would it say? Hmm. Wow. Um, there's so many things I want to say about things, but I, I would maybe I would <laughs> say um, there's a part of me that would just put that back. Like, I would put that banner on um, a shoulder-mounted, um, like, uh, rig where I could wear it, and it, it would just say, don't talk to me. That oh. that's <laughs> one of them would be that. Um, God, I I I also think if I I guess in the best place though would be like in Times Square, right in New York, where it's everybody goes through there and well tourists anyway, and and people look at it on TV and stuff. If I could put a banner there, I mean, I think I'd just say. Something like, just stop being stupid, people. Like, I think, yeah, just stop being stupid, people. Because there's just so much stupidity. I, 
I don't know. I can't take it anymore. It's just yeah. terrible. People are just stupid and they just do stupid things. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. I'd put up a banner in Times Square that just says, just stopping stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. That's a, that's a good one where, because uh, the stupidity is everywhere today. It's just yeah, everywhere. I'm, I'm going to take that philosophical hundred bucks and put it towards that fund. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a drop in the bucket, I'm sure, because I don't know how much a banner in Times Square costs, but it's probably a lot more than a hundred bucks. So, but I, I'm going to start saving up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, um, next question. A penguin walks through the door. Okay, we all love penguins. Um, and he's wearing a sombrero. Even better. So, what, okay. does, what does the penguin say? And what do you say back to it? The penguin says, penguin walks in wearing a sombrero. He says, are you ready? I put on my sombrero and a pair of sunglasses, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I've actually asked this question of many people, and that's that's the best answer I've got. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> usually I it's just... something. Usually it's just something pretty bland, like, hi, how you doing? What's oh, going on? I guess, I guess at this point, if, if I'm to believe that the penguin had the power to get to my house somehow and acquire a sombrero, I really shouldn't be asking. And he, and I find in my imagination, he says, are you ready? I'm just going to go with this penguin. I don't know what's going to happen, but something incredible will surely happen because just for that situation to exist, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. All right. What, what, what? I'm, I'm so ridiculous. No, that's that's a great answer. I love it. Um, what is on the walls in the room you are in now? Paint. Uh, other than that, not too much actually. I really I'm shit at decorating. There's paint and um uh, one or two things, um, some medals I've won um, doing half marathons. Oh, nice. Tell us about that. Oh, so um, I haven't done one in a very long time. But um, I, there was a time where I was doing like two half marathons a year. And a half marathon is 13.1 miles. And, um, you know, if you finish it in under the allotted time, which is generally four hours, Excuse me, you you get a medal. And um, so I have, yeah, I've got a few of those. I have one or two for like 10Ks and 5Ks. So 10K is 6.2 miles and a 5K is 3.1. Um, yeah, like there, there was a time that I was really actively doing a lot of running and stuff. And um, I just haven't done it lately, but I am trying to get back into it. Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I had previously done a... a it was. It's probably been five years now, but um, I did a few half marathons and nice. um, just kind of did. It ended up having a knee injury for a while, and then never really got back to it, and gained a bunch of weight back. And <laughs> oh, I know that story. There, so. I know that story. Oh yeah. Now right I'm now, I, right. To, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I was. Just, I was saying. I'm just trying to trying to get back to that point now. So. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have some kind of. So on on my left foot, I've got um, I've I've injured my left ankle and my left tendon, 
previously, and uh, now I seem to have done something else to it because I'm having pain again in my left foot, and it's very upsetting because I it's keeping me from doing what I want to do, and so you know what that means like go to the doctor and probably get physical mm-hmm. therapy and blah 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 x-rays <laughs> and cat scans and all that stuff so yep i'm i'm in the same boat man i i hear you yeah that's that's not it's not fun i i i i tore acl probably it's been I mean, 15 years ago now Oof. and it and it it's just never been the same really after oh, yeah. that and then I got back into shape for a while and then ended up messing up the other knee a little bit and then fell back out of shape. It's kind of been just kind of a vicious cycle back and forth. So now I'm trying to get back into it. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, that's cool. That's uh, cool that you were doing uh, half marathons and other races because that's something I'd like to get back into one yeah. day. So, so um, do you have any advice for a previous boss could be any previous boss of any kind <laughs> that will not get if if that if that will not get you into trouble for anything else in your current job basically advice for a previous boss yeah i actually um for almost every boss i've ever worked for learn to fucking communicate tell me <laughs> what you want and then when i tell you that i need help I need your guidance. I need you to be more clear so I can do the thing you want me to do. Fucking tell me what it is. I do not understand this thing that bosses have. And I'm sure it's not every single boss in the world, but at least the ones I've worked for in general, they're so non-communicative. Like they seem to think I can read their minds and I wish I had that superpower, but I do not. So you have to tell me, what it is very clearly that you want me to do. And then don't get mad if I do it the wrong way when you didn't fucking tell me the way you wanted me to do it. That, that I would easily, I would drop, you know, all the cursing, but yes, that, that's what I would say. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great answer because I am right there with you. 100% communication, better communication for any of my previous bosses would have, would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, would have made things a lot easier, a lot smoother, and hey, maybe I'd be in those positions still to this day. Yep. Um, all right, so this is kind of a random question, but it, it kind of fits with that one episode of PCL that we just did a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was. Um, what is your favorite TV theme song, and why? <laughs> and why is it your favorite? <laughs> Woo, boy! Gosh, if anybody doesn't listen to, to Pop Culture Leftovers, go listen to the episode Kevin and I were on. Just the last 45 minutes, really. <laughs> and you will understand why I just cackled when I, he asked me that question. Um, you know, I, dude, just because it's been kicking around in my head and the more I think about it, the more I think it's the perfect theme song. It's Perfect Strangers. It really is. Um, the... First of all, they don't write sitcom theme songs anymore like that, right? Like where they used to tell you the story of the sitcom or or some other sort of like general idea what the show would be about, right? Yeah, you exactly. know, 
You're right. Here's two people, and they got kids living in the house, and they have a dog. <laughs> blah blah blah, and that's life. Like like that. Okay, like that made sense. You knew what you were getting into with the show, and now it didn't have that. So. Perfect Strangers, and I will not sing it because I can't <laughs> sing, as you know. But, like, yeah, what a great little story about pursuing your dreams. And this guy comes from this, you know, crazy made-up country of um, Me- Meepos. 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 Like, vaguely, maybe it's Greek, sort of, who knows. And he comes here to Chicago, and he's living with his cousin Larry. And, <laughs> and it's like that fish-out-of-water story. And you've got like just you've got Bronson Pinchot just doing his accent thing and acting his ass off, and then you've got the guy who plays oh fuck his name, the guy who plays cousin Larry, and he's like a big Broadway guy. He's bringing all that Broadway gravitas to the show. Uh, seriously, per- Perfect Strangers is like the it's the perfect theme song. I love it. No, I I agree completely because that would have been my choice as well. <laughs> <laughs> I I am the biggest Perfect Strangers fan. I uh, I I love that show from the very beginning, and uh, I still own the the own the seasons on DVD over there. And oh, that's it, nice. It's such a great such a great series, and I, I always loved Balky and the whole Balky and cousin Larry um, relationship back and forth, and the the the. The dance of joy and all of that. So, oh man, you know, I just—it was such a great show because just because of that whole fish out of water thing, uh, which is which is always funny to me. I always think that's great comedy. Um, people in a position or situation where they're just—they're not used to being there, and it's uncomfortable and difficult. And I think it's great storytelling. And so then you've got like this immigrant story, which. You know, I'm I'm the granddaughter of immigrants, so I can appreciate that. And and then this guy coming and trying to pursue the American dream. I don't know. It's so perfectly 80s and antics ensue every week. And then at the end of the episode, everything is just back to the way it was. <laughs> and it's just great. It's just great. Yes. It wraps up perfectly at the end yeah. of every every 30 minute episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so great. That's a great answer. Um what did you dream last night? What did I dream last night? Oh my gosh. I I vaguely remember having a dream and it's not as yes, dreams often are not quite clear, but I did have some kind of a dream that I was on a boat and um I don't know if it was somebody had like somebody had stowed away on the boat and they like took it over but like one moment I was on this boat as like a passenger and then the next I was like tied to the outside of the boat somehow and like being um like they were sneaking they were not sneaking they were like taking the boat somewhere and I was their prisoner why I was tied to the outside of the boat like to the hull I have no (laughs) idea why um I'm sure when I dreamt it, maybe there was connective tissue there, but I don't really know why. (laughs) So very strange. But, you know, I often fall asleep, um, like, watching TV or, like, listening to a show or something. And so maybe something in the show was happening in my subconscious, you know, created this dream. But, yeah, I don't really know why I dreamed that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I have some weird dreams sometimes. Last night, I don't even remember what I dreamt, but I usually remember them. Uh, do you do you usually remember what you dream, or do you, is it kind of like that fogginess or hard to remember? I usually only remember like foggy bits and pieces, but I have had two dreams in my life that were recurring dreams that I vividly remember. Um, one of them was again, it involved a boat. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I should be paying you for like a psychotherapy. Yeah, we're, we're breaking here. things. We're breaking things we're down. We're breaking through have, walls, Kevin. You, you have, you have a here. boat infatuation or something happened Maybe. in your life on a boat. I don't know what that says about my childhood or what. <laughs> I don't know. I have a very vivid, um, I, I, I used to have a recurring dream as a kid and I re- clearly remember it, that I was on a boat, like a Titanic-type boat, like a big uh, yacht, like luxury liner-type thing. Mm-hmm. And we were having – and there was, like, a party on the ship, but it was a costume party. And everybody was wearing masks, and I was wearing a Frankenstein mask. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, no, I, I vividly remember this dream. And then something happened to the boat, like, we like maybe because I had – I must have watched Titanic. I don't know, but like something happened to the boat. Like it, it, it struck something and the boat started to sink. And in my dream, I'm running around to every person in, in this party on the ship telling them I'm not really a monster. I'm, I'm a kid. And, and I don't, this says a lot about my psyche. I think, Oh my God, am I fucked up or what? We, we are getting down to it now. Yes. Because I think I was a monster as a child. Apparently I did. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then the other dream I used to have, and I don't know what Freud would say about this. Freud said, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. But I don't know. I used to have this recurring dream in my late teens, early 20s, that I was a chain smoker and I couldn't stop smoking. And Hmm. which is odd because I've never smoked a cigarette a day in my life uh, because I I had terrible asthma as a child and never and I grew out of it. But, you know, once you have asthma, you know, your lungs are permanently restricted and damaged. So I never in my life took up smoking because the last thing I needed was more lung damage. (laughs) And but I think there was a part of me that like wanted to smoke like because I thought people who did it were cool. Um, but yeah, I used to have a recurring dream that I was a chain smoker and like, I wanted to stop, but couldn't stop. Those are the only two dreams that I used to have recurring and they're, they were very, I clearly remember them even today that I had them. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've never had any sort of recurring dreams, but, um, I'm one of those people that I usually remember every single thing I dream. Really? And And it's usually some really fucked up weird stuff too. I mean... Um, I think the last, the, the weirdest thing the, the, lately is I, I dreamed that I was running around outside the house here in the neighborhood and I was dressed as, um, Link from Legend of Zelda. I think mm-hmm. I told this to Joe Stark or something, but, um, <laughs> but I, I was running around dressed up as Link and you don't want to see me dressed up as Link, number one. And number <laughs> two, I mean, I had the sword and I had the shield and, I, I was fighting like the, the enemies that you would see in the like the mm-hmm. original Legend of Zelda and all of those like the Nintendo game and but I was running around the neighborhood fighting the enemies dressed up as Link and it, that's all it was. Wow. I, I have no idea why, 
and I don't know what that means. I haven't played Legend of Zelda, and um, it had been months since I played any sort of Legend of Zelda game. Hadn't picked up Breath of the Wild for a couple of months. Haven't played any of the originals for for a while. Um, I don't know why. I just dream some weird stuff sometimes. So I'm not quite sure what goes on in the brain when and when we're sleeping and all that stuff goes on. But um, but yeah, some weird stuff sometimes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll we'll switch from dreams because we could probably talk forever on dreams. Um, just a few more questions. Um, if you could change anything about your home wherever you live. Regardless of any expense, what would you do? Can be can be anything from serious to crazy. Mm, I'd put an elevator in. Ah, <laughs> I hate walking up to the second floor. That's a good I idea. Live. That's something I've thought of. Like an elevator or one of those. And it's it's one of those like seats that like go on the stairs. And it's usually for I me mean, people that oh, are mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we, like, we, uh, we actually, yeah, I, we we used to have one of those. In my house for my grandparents. They're yeah. great. Yeah, I, I was, but they just move so slow. I always thought you you want to speed that up a little bit and install one of those or even like a dumbwaiter. That would be pretty neat, I think. Yeah, um, you know, d- dumbwaiters were like such a such a trope in like the eighties and 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 nineties, like in TV shows and movies. Like I always thought, like every house except mine had one because there would always be like that would be like. Like in some random TV show, like the, the 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 cast would have to go to this house, and they would be like, "Oh, let's just use the dumb waiter." And I, I just <laughs> every house except mine have a dumb waiter. It's not fair. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, that's just for TV, Rebecca, you idiot. That's not a real thing. That's in the majority of houses. Yeah, and I think I've seen too many horror movies these days too, and they always seem to involve a, a dumb waiter in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I've always thought that'd be neat, but no, I think elevator would be great. My choice would be just a giant ball pit. Oh, find, I'm gonna go to find your a, house. I mean, it can, yeah. can be anything. So, I mean, just to just build a room with a giant ball pit. That's all I want. And when I'm stressed, I'll just go jump in the ball pit. Yeah, dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I I think like a kid a lot of times. So <laughs> that's cool. I was thinking all boringly practical, like oh no, <laughs> Hope I can get the groceries upstairs. And you're like, oh, a ball pit. Ball pit. That's all I need. <laughs> you win this round. Kevin. We got we got a bedroom. We got a bathroom. We got a kitchen, dining room, living area with TVs, and then a ball pit. Nice. <laughs> all right. So um, if you had $100,000, and for some reason all these questions seem to go to money, but if you had $100,000... <laughs> And was told you could only visit one store and spend that money there. Where would you go and why? Only visit one store. Yes, one store. And it has to, and it has to be bought. You have to buy stuff for yourself. It's not like you can buy stuff for other people. Gosh, I'm going to be completely impractical here and say and say any coach store. I love <laughs> coach purses. Um, I have two of them, which were both gifts from people. Um, but if I had the money, oh, I'd go and buy coach purses. I uh, love, love, love coach bags. <laughs> yes, that's I I was introduced to coach through my wife and I 
I am a big coach fan these days. Always really can have been for the last 10, 15 years. And uh, my favorite wallet right now is a coach wallet. It's got uh, um, the the poison apple from Snow White and Seven Dwarves on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So, um, I, yeah, I'm a big coach fan. I, I think that's a good idea. You could you could buy quite a bit in there for $100,000. A couple of things, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe Two it's going to be outlet. Maybe. If I go to the outlet, I could get more for my money, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, two more questions. What sound or noise do you actually love that other people hate? Oh, that other people hate? Uh, oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, what sound or noise? Uh, oh, man. I have to think about this for a second. Um I mean, there are certain sounds that I love, but I mean, I can't imagine other people don't like them, but like the sound of rain on a tin roof specifically, uh. Uh, I, I love that, that tap, 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 tap. Um, hey, I let's, I mean, let's open it up to maybe not just that anybody hates, just any kind of sound or noise you love, so. Um, yeah, so like the, the sound of rain on a tin roof. I love that sound. Um, I like the sound of, I actually really like the sound of keys jangling. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll tell you why, because I feel like much like footsteps, the way that people carry their keys, use their keys, how many keys they have and keychains, et cetera, it's very unique. And I can tell just by the sound of keys, like who's coming into my house. Um, so I like that sound of, of keys j- jangling because it just means that, like, someone I care about is coming home or somebody that I, I want to see is there. Um, so I guess that's, that's more of like a there's a feeling connected with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any other sounds that I'm just, like, so in love with. But I think those are two that I really, really like to hear. That's that's nice because um, the 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 <laughs> the jingling keys one for me it, it it's kind of an inside joke here. But in in college, I had I was in I lived in a quad with I mean, a few other people, and mm-hmm. um, I my wife now, but who's my girlfriend then, um, she was staying over, and <laughs> the, one of my roommates would every morning he would he would get up really early, get up like at 4 a.m. to go to work or something before to do something. And mm-hmm. he, he would jingle his keys really loud. And <laughs> I don't know why. And it, every single morning he would do this. And I, I was never the one person to speak up and say anything about it. But my other roommate who was in the other room, one of the other rooms, he, he yelled at the top of his lungs every single damn morning. Stop jingling your keys, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> every single morning he would say this. It would go on every morning. So basically now, uh, and then and then the kid would reply back basically, sorry, John. And this would happen every, <laughs> every single morning. Yeah. So now jingling keys here is kind of a kind of inside joke of every time I hear someone jingling keys, I my my wife will tell me she'll be like, Stop jingling your keys, you son of a bitch! And I'll <laughs> and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll say back to her, "Sorry, John." That's I love that. Oh, that's so cute. That's a great but, story. But, but 
It just the sound of jingling keys now bothers me like that, but it's kind of funny. So um, I guess that is the sound I like that other people hate. You yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so really the last question I've got, and, and this fits, and this is a, well, actually, we're going to go two more questions because this is going good, I think. So um, the second to last question. Okay. <laughs> French fry condiments. You like French fries? Love French fries. Okay, who doesn't really love French fries? Um, condiments. You get to only choose one condiment for the rest of your life, and you have to trash them all else. Trash all of the other ones. And you can't pick ketchup. Oh, this is easy. Barbecue sauce. Okay, barbecue sauce. Why? Oh, because it's fucking delicious. Barbecue <laughs> sauce on French fries? It's Ketchup is very overrated to me. Sorry, yeah, ketchup fans. Um, I, I agree. It's okay. It has its place. Don't get me wrong. It has its place. But I like the tang and, like, I love barbecue sauce because it's, like, it's tangy. It's sweet. It's savory. It can be a little spicy. It's, it's like, it's, like, more interesting than ketchup, which is just tomatoes and, like, some vinegar and whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Barbecue sauce. Absolutely. I could eat. I could have barbecue sauce on my fries for the rest of my life and be totally fine with that. Yeah, see, that's a good answer. I I always say, and I'm right there with you on ketchup. I think it's completely overrated. I have a lot of, by the way, I have a lot of bad or terrible food opinions. But um, the ketchup, I say, is for toddlers and Donald Trump supporters. Um, I, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That's that's the only, I mean, it has its place, like you said, and that's why, that's its place. Um, I don't like ketchup, really. Um, I I am a fan of mayo on fries have you ever had mayo on fries i have not but you should, you should try it if you like mayo do you like mayo mayo to me has its place also mayo is one of those things that too little and your sandwich is dry as fuck too much and it's disgusting to me like if it's yeah. just a tiny bit too much it's like eh, I don't want it anymore. It's it's very. I have a very weird relationship with mayo. Apparently, like I just I don't I don't like globs and globs of it. I like just enough to give me that taste that I want. I will, however, say, have you ever mixed mayo and ketchup? Oh yeah, yeah, I have before. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, uh, I are you? I love mayo and ketchup. Huh. That's I love that. Now that is delicious. On fried plantains. Hmm. That right there, delicious. Change your life. Try it. <laughs> I yeah. I usually mix like mayo and like sriracha or something. Make a sriracha mayo or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of, of of sriracha sauce. Like, um, because I think it's it's more than just spicy. Like it's flavorful. Like I, yes. I don't mind spicy. I, I like spicy food. I, I don't like spice just for the just for the sake of being spicy. Like I want flavor with my spice too. Like I, I want to taste yeah. stuff. I, I don't want to burn my taste buds off. So I like Sriracha cause it's spicy, but it has like a lot of cool flavors in it. Yeah. It's good stuff. I, but if, if you ever do try Mayo and fries, put a little pepper in there. Ooh. Add some pepper and tr dip, dip your fries in Mayo. It's perfect. Interesting. Uh, it's perfect. And that's, I'm that sure. would, that would be my choice. Um, but this is not, they're not, not questions for me, but that's my choice. Cool. Um, um, and the last, and this is fitting because I know 
We all love superheroes and we all love that pop culture stuff. Um, if you could pick and this and this is again a question that has been asked by many people a lot, but if you could pick one superpower, what would you choose and why? Oh, teleportation. One hundred percent. Because number one, I could travel places quite easily. If I woke up tomorrow and said, you know, I'd love to go visit Spain, poof, I'm in Spain. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta be at work. I woke up late. I gotta be at work in 10 minutes. Poof, at work. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, like, don't get me wrong, I might be tempted to use my powers for evil and not just good. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, maybe I might pop in places and like take things that don't belong to me. But um <laughs> I, I would hope I would be above such things. But teleportation, I think, is the perfect um superpower for like getting places quickly obviously but also like it would let me visit all those exotic places that i've always wanted to go to um like i've never been to africa i want to go to africa i want to go i i i want to go to egypt i i want to which is in africa of course i i want to go to uh (laughs) i i want to go to different parts of europe i i'd love to go to South America. I, I want to go um, to Alaska. Like, and I've never been there, mostly because I don't have time and or money to do so. But with teleportation, I could do it. And I could go visit my friends. I could teleport to your house, Kevin, and play in the ball pit. And they come hey. home. Like, I could do that. <laughs> like, yeah, teleportation, that's the way to go, man. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. I, I would probably pick, I mean, just like some sort of flight or, I mean, just it's basic. It's um it's it's just kind of the ordinary superpower flight or maybe like some sort of invulnerability where Mm. where i could do a bunch of stupid shit and not get hurt so i I mean i could i could like go do a bunch of stupid crap and and not and not worry about having to die from it or whatever but no i like i like your choice of of teleportation because that's got a lot of good uses and like you said, it's got a lot of evil uses as well. So True. Maybe it's a good could, thing I don't have teleports. <laughs> you could apply that to a lot of things. That is very true. I mean, even like in of itself, you know, how you use money could be good or bad. I mean, how you use your time could be good or bad. I think anything could be warped to an evil purpose. I mean... Even, like, I don't know, like, um, innocent things, like, you know, uh, puppies. Uh, someone could take a dog and raise it to be, like, a, like, like to fight an, another dog. That's a terrible thing to do. Like, I think anything has the potential to be warped to be something bad. I think it just takes um, self-control and a good moral compass to say, this is wrong. I, I don't, I'm not going to use this thing for a bad thing. I'm going to use this thing for a good thing. And... Yeah, I think I think almost anything could be warped, I guess, if you tried hard enough. Oh, but yeah. um yeah. yeah, I think it just speaks a lot. I mean, is I mean that's like the old saying, right? Like power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Right. Yes, so it's exactly. like you know, I mean you if can can I talk politics or or no no politics? Oh yeah. Yeah, you could talk it's I mean, I, I think people on on that know me, um, whether it's personally or just off social media knows that I 
where I stand politically. So yeah, okay. talk as many politics as you want. It doesn't okay, matter. Okay, I, I just wanted to ask before I stuck my foot in it, and you were like, I don't talk about politics on this show. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned before about ketchup being for Donald Trump supporters. I mean, look look at somebody like Trump who has money and has pa- now he's got a lot of power. Uh, well, not as much as you would think, but still, he's got power, he's got influence. And what does he use it for? He uses it to like. Oh, I'll deregulate the gaming regulations. People can bring in animals they've killed. Oh, great! Thank you so much. Or I'll do. I'll use my my social media platform to call women names and to say that you know journalists should be killed. Blah blah blah. Like you know that there's a good and bad use for everything. So sorry if I pissed off your Trump supporter listeners. I, I doubt there's a lot of Trump supporters <laughs> listening. To me. Okay. Well, I, that, now there I, aren't any. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the one or two that were listening. But yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, I I have very strong feelings about a lot of things, and certainly that's one of them. I have very strong feelings. <laughs> yeah, I, I I and this is going off on a tangent, but I I don't really get the use of social media in that aspect of to be mean like that and to call names when you have that power, that position, that authority, um, that you're the, the president of the United States and you are using your Twitter account to essentially insult people and call names and not do good with that sort of that authority position. Um, so much more good could be done from something like that rather than, I mean, he, just calling I me, mean, calling people names and coming up with these stupid little things, and I, I, I can go off on a whole tangent on that, but I'm not going to. Yeah, um, I mean, I it's know. just I, I, I don't get it. I mean, one of, I mean, one of my, I, I have the whole list of rules in my life that I that I've called Kevin's rules of life, okay. and and one of them, and I know this is adaptable to many places many places have this sort of rule or mantra but number one is the rule number one don't be a dick there you go and don't that is rule rule number one for me is don't be a dick and that's being a dick by doing that sort of stuff that's being mean it's being not being kind it's just being a dick and we don't want that. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting, Kevin, is I had read an article ages and ages ago, like right when like cyberbullying was like kind of just starting to be a thing that kids and people were under, were like, it was happening to people. Um, and, and cause I myself too was like, why would you say things like that about, why would you say anything so mean, terrible on social media about a person that you, you don't even, maybe you don't even know them. Like, why would you say mean things to anybody? And then the article basically explained that like the reason why cyberbullying is pretty much uh, easy to do is because if, if you and I were standing face to face with each other, right, Kevin, like we were in the same room and I could look you in your eyes you could look me in mine, and I said something mean to you or something just terrible to you. Your your face would change, right? You would have a physical yes. reaction, right? You would, of course, you would, of course. Like if if I if I insulted you or your family in some way, your face would have a reaction. Now that reaction triggers my brain to make me realize, like, oh, 
I said something inappropriate and I hurt this person with my words. Um, but when you are on social media, when you're behind that keyboard, when you, or you're on your phone or your tablet or whatever, and you write, you should kill yourself, you fat piece of shit. I don't see that person's reaction. So I never get that uh, reaction in my brain that tells me I hurt that person. And so it's like license to basically just say any random thing to any person. And it's just incredible to me that you would waste so much time and energy of your life just saying terrible things about people. I, I just, it's, it's very hard for me to wrap my head around that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I don't get it. I never will get it. Um, it it's that old adage of never read the internet comments, never read the comments. No. Um, I, I don't get why some people act like that. I mean, some people are just doing it to troll on purpose and, and that sort of stuff, but just to be a mean. But I, I don't I still don't get that either. I mean, why why not take that effort and put it into something positive or constructive instead of wasting your time tearing people down or making fun of people? Use that time to do something constructive. Be a positive force in the world. Whatever you want to say, do something else with your time rather than trying to tear people down. So, yeah, um, I, 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 I feel this. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I just, I, I, I don't get it. And don't, don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of trolls and rando people telling me things all the time on the internet. Um, all kinds of terrible vile things and you know sometimes I just ignore and I report them or block them or whatever and then uh, I think that what one time a, uh, some person wrote something really mean about my my body on he sent me a direct message because it was that mm, important he had to tell geez. me he had to tell me Kevin that oh, I geez. did not look like I did not look like my um, my Facebook f uh, photo which at the time was a Oh, it's actually is back to being Wonder Woman again. But like at the time, it was also a, a, a Wonder Woman picture who took the time to wrote to write me and tell me that I looked nothing like that picture, that I was falsely advertising to everybody on the Internet, that I was good looking and thin when I was actually a fat whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, something about it just struck me. And I, I, I just wrote the guy back. And I don't, know, I don't know why I wrote him back, but I did. I wrote him back and I was like, Dude, I don't know what's going on in your life, but maybe you need Jesus. I don't know. God, <laughs> God bless you, because I think you could use it. And I just blocked him. Like I, I don't. It's just I don't know. Who knows what that person was going through? If they were, or maybe they were just being an asshole, cunt face. Maybe that's what they were. Being. There you go. There you so, go. That's, who knows? that's one of those people that needs that word. I mean, who knows? I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand why people do that stuff, and I don't think I ever will. But, jeez, uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> um, but, hey, I know we're, we're closing in on an hour here, so this actually went a lot longer than what I thought. I'm sorry, uh, dude. It's, it's all my fault. Oh, no, no it's good. Know? That's good. <laughs> I, 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 I want to thank you for being the very first person on this segment because I think it's great. Um, that's going to end the questions I'd like to thank you, Rebecca, for actually being the first person to come on this. 
and who's had to suffer through my rambling questions and all of that. Um, do you have any parting thoughts or anything? And and where can we find you out in the the, the internet sphere? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dollface Rebecca, and it's Rebecca spelled with a K A H, not a C C A. And I'm also on Facebook. Uh, you can find me there. Um, if you listen to podcasts, I'm on a couple of podcasts. You can listen to me on uh, the animated Batcast, where we talk about Batman, the animated TV series, me and Paul. You can listen to me. Um, I join the Supercast uh, whenever I can. That's a weekly pop culture show. Uh, Runaways TV Talk, that is a recap show I do with Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. We are recapping Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. And also number one comic books. I do that with Brian, Joe, and Rod. Um, where we It's a bi-weekly show. We each talk about a new number one issue. I'm, I'm way into pop culture, man. I'm telling you. I, I eat the <laughs> stuff up. I, I love me some pop culture stuff. It's all good. I, um, I always have. Even when I was real young, I've always enjoyed pop, pop culture. Oh, that's great. And um, again, I thank you so much for coming on and 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 answering my questions. So um, we'll definitely definitely keep in touch and have you on again, and maybe even ask you some different questions. So I had I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This was great. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Do you have any other questions for me, counselor? So that's it. I'm done. If you want to reach me, you can find me on Twitter at Forensic Talks Guy or on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page. You can reach me through email at nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com. If you want to come on and have me ask you questions for somebody had to ask, send me a message. I would love to have you on. So until next time, fuckers, be kind, rewind, and stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah.